Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for streaming today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory is a nonprofit ministry featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress. Our mission is to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word through the most effective media available, like this podcast. To support Pathway to Victory, go to ptv.org podcast and click the donate button or follow the link in our show notes. Now, here's today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. This is Robert Jeffers. In response to the horrific attack on Israel, I've written a brand new book called Are We Living in the End Times? Go to ptv.org to order your copy. When we talk about the signs of the end times, we are not technically in the end times yet. The Bible says the end times will begin with the rapture of the church. That is still future. Some of these signs for the end times that occur after the rapture will start to appear before the rapture. We're seeing that even right now. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. While world events really do feel apocalyptic, we're not technically living in the end times, at least not yet. Instead, we're living in what the Bible calls the last days. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains how we will know when the end times and the second coming of Jesus Christ are finally upon us. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Have you ever stood on the deck of a luxury cruise ship and gazed at the magnificent beauty of Alaska? Well, I have. So how about joining me on the 2024 Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska? The dates are June 15th through 22nd, and the spaces are filling very, very quickly. I guarantee that you'll come home spiritually refreshed and in awe of the one who gave this wonder of the world. There's still some space available when you respond quickly. And all the information, including details about the exciting itinerary, can be found at ptv.org. At Pathway to Victory, we receive hundreds of phone calls, letters, and emails every day. And recently, I've noticed a rising number of questions about Bible prophecy. Because of the attack on Israel, many are asking, are we living in the end times? Well, for the answer to that natural question, it's imperative that we understand what the Bible tells us. In His Word, God gave us specific information about events that signal the end is near. That's our topic in today's message, and it's also a major theme in my brand new book titled, Are We Living in the End Times? I'd be pleased to send you a copy of my book today when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. We'll give more details about my brand new book later in this program, along with instructions on how to receive your copy. But right now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. I titled today's message, What Events Will Signal the End Times? Different people react to a discussion of the end times in different ways. I found that out the hard way more than 50 years ago when I was a student at Richardson High School here in the Metroplex. Our English teacher assigned us a project to select any book we wanted and to present the contents of that book as creatively as possible. Well, the book, The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey had just been released. It's a book about the end times. And I thought, well, here's a good chance to be a witness to my class and my teacher, so I will choose that book. And you may remember in the late great planet Earth, 
how Lindsay shows how prophetic events in the last days correspond to current events. And one of the things he dwelt on about the end times was when the king of the north invades Israel. And he identified the king of the north as Russia. And it was of particular interest because President Nixon at that time was in Moscow trying to negotiate uh, lessening tensions with the Soviet Union. And so I prepared my book report to the class. And as a creative twist, I got with the assistant principal and I arranged for him at just the right time in my presentation to come over the loudspeaker system, pretend he was addressing the whole school, but of course he'd just be talking to our class and telling them of some important news. And so at just the right moment, I heard the speaker come on and he rang that little xylophone, ding, 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 you know, to signify he had an announcement to make. And he said, this is the assistant principal announcing that United Press International has just announced that Russia has invaded Israel. President Nixon is on the way back on Air Force One from Moscow. All students are immediately dismissed or to go home and to seek shelter. At that precise moment, my teacher shrieked out, oh no, it's true, it's true, it's true. And all of the students stood up to head toward the exits. Well, I stopped them and I told them it was just an illustration of how headlines could correspond to the end times. And then I started hearing lockers slamming out in the hallways. I started hearing feet above me on the next floor trampling as all the students started making their way toward the exit. The principal had made a mistake. Instead of sending the announcement into our room only, he sent it to the whole school. <laughs> 50 years later, I still have students reminding me of that afternoon at Richardson High School when it looked like the entire world was coming to an end. You know, the fact is, a lot of people are going to react like my teacher did. The idea of Christ coming back is a terrible thought to them. Jesus is coming back to reward the righteous, to punish the unrighteous. For the righteous, that's good news. For the unrighteous, that is terrible news. And his coming will be preceded by some events that will make the headlines. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the five headlines, the five events that will signal we are truly living in the end times. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Now, before we look at these five signs, I wanna talk just a moment about the end times in perspective and suggest three extremes we need to guard against when we discuss the end times. One extreme is what I call fanaticism. These are people who are always trying to set the date of the Lord's return. And as we saw in Matthew 24, 36, Jesus said, no man, no man, no angel, not even the son of man knows when the return is going to be. So don't set dates. But there's another way fanatics work. They look at every news headline 
every news headline and try to read the tea leaves and say, what is the prophetic significance of this? And they try to say every event has prophetic significance. Some do, some don't. Some signs come and go. When we started this series, uh, Hamas had just attacked Israel. There's going to be constant conflict in the Middle East until the Lord returns. So don't try to read something significant in every headline. The second extreme is really the opposite end of the spectrum, and it's the one most Christians fall in today, and that's fatalism. Fatalism. It's the idea, well, Jesus is coming back again. The world's going to get worse and worse. What can I do about that? Well, I'll tell you what Jesus said we ought to do. We shouldn't curl up in a fetal position. We shouldn't get in our holy huddle and pray nothing bad happens to us. We ought to be out there working harder than ever. John 9, 4, Jesus said, work while it is still day because the night is coming when no man can work. We have a responsibility as the church in these last days and in the end times, and that is to preach the gospel, but also to be a preservative, to slow down the decay of our world so that we have longer to preach the gospel to as many people as possible. That's what Jesus said the purpose of the church is. Remember in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 7, Paul is talking about the Antichrist, and he says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who is he? It's the Holy Spirit of God. He is the one who is restraining evil. Well, you say he's not doing a very good job of it. Well, if you don't think so, just wait till he's taken out of the way. When will he be taken out of the way? When Christians are taken out at the rapture. Right now, it is not just the Holy Spirit floating around like Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit indwelling Christians that is the restrainer of evil. Our job right now as Christians is to push back against evil, to restrain evil before this world implodes and there's no longer a chance for repentance. We're to push back against evil, and so many Christians don't understand that. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was given the invocation at a, a luncheon here, a right to life luncheon, and the keynote speaker was Eric McTaxis. He wrote the best-selling book on Bonhoeffer, and he pointed out that the reason Adolf Hitler was able to rise to power in the 30s and 40s, the reason that Nazism spread like a cancer throughout Europe, was because of the silence of German churches, specifically German pastors. They refused to stand up and to speak out, and they found a reason to cover their cowardice. They said things like, well, we don't need to address the Hitler thing. Christians shouldn't get involved in politics. Have you heard that one before? We're not supposed to get involved in politics. We're going to just let whatever happens, happens. Or we believe in the sovereignty of God. We believe God is in control. There's no need for us to get hot and bothered by what Adolf Hitler is doing. It was that indifference that led to the extermination of six million Jews in the ovens because because Christians remained passive. And we see the same thing today. You know why it is? Why is it that hundreds of thousands of Americans are marching in the streets, either supporting Hamas or the agenda of Hamas, which is nothing but a terrorist organization that beheads babies and burns people alive? Why is that? 
Why is it for 50 years in our country we celebrated as the greatest constitutional right of all, the right to murder a baby in the womb? We celebrated that. Why is it schools right now are allowed to cram this transgender junk agenda down the throats of our school children without any opposition at all? It's because Christians are AWOL and they're not speaking up as they should. The Bible says we're to stand up, we're to push back, we're to speak out against evil. Don't be fatalistic. Now's the time to work. The third extreme people fall into when it comes to prophecy is cynicism. Cynicism. Perhaps the most dangerous attitude of all. People say all oh, this stuff about the second coming of Jesus. People have believed that from the beginning and it hasn't happened. I'll never forget hearing one of the most respected ministers in the Metroplex many years ago stand up in his large church. It was Easter Sunday and I heard him say, for 2,000 years people have been saying Jesus is coming back again and he hasn't come back and he's not coming back. The first time Jesus came is when he came as a little baby in that manger in Bethlehem. The second coming of Jesus is when he comes into our hearts. That's the second coming of Jesus. You know, his words, the words of the cynic sound eerily similar to what Peter prophesied in the end times. In 2 Peter 3, verse 3, he said, know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. That's the secularist uniformitarianism. Everything in nature is uniform. It just keeps rocking along. Peter said, but when they say this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at the time was destroyed, being flooded with water. Peter is saying they forget two times God intervened in human history when he created this world out of nothing, creation. The second time when he destroyed the world by a flood, but there's a third time he's gonna intervene and that is when he burns up this present heaven and earth. He says, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back again. There was an article just yesterday in the religion news services about churches, not many of them, that are talking about the end times and they featured our church and they were kind of trying to make a little barb at me in the opening sentence. They said, Robert Jeffers doesn't need any prompting to talk about the end times. I take that as a badge of honor. I'm gonna talk about it till the day I die. Jesus is coming back again, and we better be ready. That's the message of Revelation. Now, I don't have time. I'm racing against the clock here. But just remember, when we talk about the signs of the end times, we are not technically in the end times yet. The Bible says the end times will begin with the rapture of the church and it will conclude with the second coming of Christ. That is still future, but we are in the last days. We've been in them for 2,000 years. I think we're in the last of the last days. Some of these signs for the end times that occur after the rapture will start to appear before the rapture. We're seeing that even right now. 
Let me show you what I mean. Let's look at these five headlines that will characterize the end times. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Verses one and two tell us that Jesus and the disciples were walking through the massive temple and Jesus made the statement, one day this temple is gonna be destroyed. There's not one stone that will be left unturned. Well, that disturbed the disciples. They walked across the Kidron Valley with him and they sat on the Mount of Olives where so many of us have been so many times. And they said, Lord, about that temple thing, verse three, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And in verse four, Jesus said, it's none of your business. Is that what he said? And Jesus said, just work on your prayer life and share the gospel and leave the end times events to me. You don't need to know that stuff. <laughs> That's not what he said at all. Jesus launched into an answer that took two chapters, Matthew 24 and 25, to explain the events of the end times. In fact, it's the longest explanation outside the book of Revelation itself of the end times found in Scripture, and it comes from the lips of Jesus himself. No, he said, I want you to know what the signs are. First of all, he mentions spiritual deception, verses four and five. And Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. One spiritual deception is people will say they're the Christ, but that's not the only spiritual deception. Listen to 1 Timothy 4.1, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the end times, latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. There'll be a rise in occultism and the Satan worship, and we're seeing that right now. Did you read this week? that there are three elementary schools in Connecticut that are now hosting after-school Satan clubs. Clubs built around the worship of Satan. That's being allowed. That is one predictor of the end times. But all of that is to a, a forerunner to the final deception. It'll occur during the tribulation. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The one, that is Antichrist, whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. In the end times, the Antichrist will have the ability to perform signs and wonders, supernatural works, just like the magicians did in the Old Testament in Pharaoh's court. God will give Antichrist the ability to do real signs and wonders. That's beyond my understanding, other than Paul says it's to people who have rejected the truth. You can reject God's truth so often that you harden your own heart and you cannot believe the truth any longer and God sends a deluding lie into your life instead. He's gonna deceive people with power and signs and I just noticed this this week for the first time and false wonders. Things that look to be true, but aren't true. Government officials right now are very concerned about the ability to produce videos that look real. They look like the real thing, but they're fake. In fact, just two weeks ago, Russia posted all over the internet a video supposedly of Ukrainian President Zelensky telling his troops to surrender to Russia and laying down their arms. It was fake, but it looked real. There's gonna be all kind of havoc caused by these kinds of deceptions. 
there'll be spiritual deception. Secondly, international conflict. Look at verses six and seven. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not frightened, for those things must take place. But it's not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. The Marxist philosopher Trotsky once said, if you're looking for peace and tranquility, you've chosen the wrong age in which to live. He wrote that 100 years ago. (laughs) What would he say about today's international conflicts? Yes, there are wars and rumors of wars, but it's not the end yet, but it's moving toward the end. Everything is moving to that one final world confrontation on the plain of Megiddo in Israel, the war we call Armageddon. By the way, Armageddon is not just mentioned once in the Bible. It's mentioned repeatedly in the Old and New Testaments. Listen to the prophet Daniel in the 6th century BC, 500 years before Christ. In Daniel 11, he describes that final conflict. Look at Daniel 11, verse 40. At the end time, the king of the south, possibly a coalition of Arabian and African nations, will collide with the Antichrist. And the king of the north, perhaps it is Russia, will storm against him with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he will enter countries and overthrow them and pass through. He'll enter the beautiful land, that is Israel, and many countries will fall Verse 42, then he will stretch out his hand against other countries and the land of Egypt will not escape. Verse 43, but he will gain control over the hidden treasures of gold and silver. Now note this in verse 44, but rumors from the east and from the north will disturb him. Who are the rulers of the east? Many used to identify it as red China. It could be Iran or a coalition of Iran and red China. John says he saw a 200 million man army coming from the east and the Antichrist will go forth with great wrath to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch the tents of his royal pavilion between the seas and the beautiful mountain. His headquarter will be Jerusalem and he will come to his end and no one will be there to help him. Or look at Zechariah the prophet 500 years before the time of Christ Ruddy wrote in chapter 14 beginning with verse One, behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city of Jerusalem will be captured. The houses plundered, the women ravished and half of the city exiled. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights on the day of battle. Do you see the order? There's going to be a great gathering of the world forces in Jerusalem, and that is when the Lord will return. In that day, verse 4, the Messiah's feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley, so that half of the mountain will be moved toward the north and another toward the south. That's how cataclysmic it will be when the Son of God finally returns. Doesn't sound like he's returning in your heart. <laughs> he's coming back to earth, literally, he promised. This special seven-part series poses the natural question, are we living in the end times? And in the event you missed any portion of the study, Pathway to Victory recorded all seven studies on audio CD and video DVD. In a moment, David will explain how you can receive the entire collection so you can share this information with your friends and family. 
Plus, I've written a brand new book that parallels this teaching series. It too is titled, Are We Living in the End Times? The subtitle is Biblical Answers to Seven Questions About the Future. Maybe you saw my book featured on Fox News or heard about my book on social media. Well, you can easily request your copy from Pathway to Victory because we're the exclusive publishers of this brand new bestseller. A copy is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. It's our mission to ignite a flame in the people of God, to shine the light of the gospel in the dark corners of our world. By doing so, lives are transformed. Well, the most effective way to join us in this mission is to become one of our valued Pathway Partners. A Pathway Partner is someone who agrees to automate their monthly gifts to Pathway to Victory. As a Pathway Partner, you become a torchbearer who shines the light of God's Word 365 days a year through Pathway to Victory. You can easily become a Pathway Partner right now by following the instructions online at ptv.org. Here's David with all the details. Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. You know, our goal is to reach 1,200 Pathway Partners during the month of January, and you can actually help us achieve that goal when you follow the easy steps to sign up online at ptv.org. Or you could call 866-999-2965. And when you give your first monthly gift or when you give a one-time generous gift supporting Pathway to Victory, we'll say thanks by sending you the brand new book by Dr. Jeffress, Are We Living in the End Times? And when your gift is $75 or more, you'll also receive the complete collection of audio and video discs for the brand new teaching series, Are We Living in the End Times? Plus, we'll send you a copy of the popular book, The End Times Illustrated. Call us at 866-999-2965 or give online at ptv.org. You could write to us, P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Join us again next time for Part 2 of the message, What Events Will Signal the End Times? That's coming up Thursday on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Even though we don't know the date when Jesus will return, we need to have our finger on the pulse of what's happening today. So, in response to the war in Israel, Dr. Robert Jeffress has written a brand new book. It's called, Are We Living in the End Times? In light of increasing chaos, division, and warfare in our world, this really is a fair question. Request your copy of Are We Living in the End Times by going to ptv.org. You made it to the end of today's podcast from Pathway to Victory, and we're so glad you're here. Pathway to Victory relies on the generosity of loyal listeners like you to make this podcast possible. One of the most impactful ways you can give is by becoming a Pathway Partner. Your monthly gift will empower Pathway to Victory to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and help others become rooted more firmly in His Word. To become a Pathway Partner, go to ptv.org podcast and click on the Donate button or follow the link in our show notes. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast from Pathway to Victory.